Hey everybody, welcome to an American F1 podcast. I'm your host, Brennan Klein, and welcome to 2022. 2022 is going to be an exciting year for F1. There are so many good things that I am excited about for this year that I think you are also excited about. Especially if we're talking about 2022. You know, it's first of all the year with new regulations, which is going to be incredible. Hopefully the new regulations will increase the competitiveness of racing, hoping that with 2022, we'll see more competitive teams. We'll see more teams battling for the championship. So there is definitely a lot of good reasons to be hyped for 2022. In addition to that, being that it's 2022, that means we are entering the year of change. Probably one of the major changes to some F1 rosters that we've seen in a while. With the really, the big changes being, first of all, Alex Albon going to Williams. Of course, if you're an Alfa Romeo fan, Valtteri Bottas going to Alfa. And probably the biggest thing, and also Guayan Zhou getting hired by Alfa in his rookie season this year. And of course, probably the most hyped up, biggest story of 2021. And the biggest change probably to a roster that we can think of is George Russell going to Mercedes. So that is going to be some exciting news going into 2022. That season is getting ready to get started. So happy new year, everybody. Hope you had a great um, holiday season the last two weeks. Hope you had a great new year. And uh, we're going to get into another segment again uh, this week about reviewing our F1 teams and how they did. So Like I mentioned last time, we're going to be going in the order of the Constructors' Championship. So, uh, last week we did Haas. This week would be the ninth place team in the championship, which, of course, is the good old team that could, formerly known as Sauber Racing a few years ago. Now they have a partnership with Alfa Romeo and the Polish oil giant, oil giant, jeez, can't talk, the Polish oil giant Orlin and that is Alfa Romeo Orlin racing with the driver pair of Antonio Giovinazzi and of course the Iceman himself Kimi Raikkonen so Alfa Romeo going into and like I said last week I probably could have realistically combined Haas and Alfa into the same review because there's really there's a lot you could say about these teams But at the same time, there really isn't because of the way their seasons went. Uh, Alfa Romeo going in, I don't know, I feel like there was a little more hype going into the season. I think there was a little more high hopes for Alfa Romeo. Realistically, I think we all knew that they were going to be one of the bottom three teams still. I think there was some hope that maybe, like Williams, they would fight a little more in the midfield. Maybe have some more Q2, Q3 appearances. I think there was a genuine hope that Alfa Romeo would be a step up from where they were last year. And, you know, especially they had an infusion of money with the Orlin partnership, thanks to, of course, their reserve driver, Robert Kubica, bringing in that Polish money. Um, and, you know, Kimi and Gio, Antonio Giovinazzi, are at least a stable pair. Uh, we know We know what Kimi's capable of, first of all. Uh, we know what Kimi can do in a race car, so there's no doubt about that. Giovinazzi, 
still trying to prove himself. We knew this year would probably be a make-or-break year for Antonio Giovinazzi. Realistically, if you're a development driver like Antonio was, there's only so many years you can meddle around in that seat, which before it gets taken over, you either have to find your way into Ferrari or a better team, or you're going to simply get demoted. So overall, I think going in, there were a little higher hopes for Alfa Romeo. And unfortunately, I think we could say the season was a little bit of a letdown from the team. Uh, Alfa Romeo really wasn't, they had moments of brightness, I would say. They had some definitely good highs, you know, um, especially at like Saudi Arabia where Giovinazzi started 10th, finished 9th. Kimi was running pretty well. He started 12th until he had contact with Sebastian Vettel. Uh, Qatar, they had a good result. Mexico, I mean, looking at the results, the team, it's funny because I feel like it was a downer year and there was a lot of disappointment, especially if you're Antonio Giovinazzi, which we all know now that he lost his seat. But looking at the results, you look at it from the outside and you're like, well, for Alfa Romeo, these results aren't exactly terrible. Uh, you know, Mexico, 11th for Gio. Uh, Kimi was 8th. Russia, Kimi was 8th. Shout out to Robert Kubica in the Netherlands and Italy, which finishes a 15th and 14th. Considering he just hopped in, he ends up leapfrogging to keep the Mazepin in the points. And again, I always feel like I, I don't want to be one of those guys that just hates on Nikita. He was a rookie. We'll see what happens last, next year. Um, but it was pretty impressive from Kibitza to just hop in that car when Kimmy was out on COVID and have what I think many would consider two solid race appearances. So even the performances by Robert Kibitza were not that bad. Um, I think Hungary, you could say, was a little bit of a letdown considering half the field was taken out. Uh, Giovinazzi finishing down in 13th, Kimmy in 10th, but still in the points. Uh, even in France, they had an okay, but 15th and 17th, really not special. Baku, 11th and 10th. Spain, Kimmy finished 12th. Uh, Bahrain, 12th and 11th. Uh, even with Monza, with a little spin from Giovinazzi, 13th. Um, I just think the problem with the team was that while the results were there sometimes there were also I feel like Giovinazzi always found himself into trouble um maybe sometimes down the line he didn't really exactly perform as well as he could have uh of course there was in Portugal Kimi, Kimi and Antonio came together resulting in Kimi's retirements uh but I mean overall I think Alfa Romeo was just basically there they weren't blowing anybody away you know they were just kind of there in the races it wasn't like a Williams where you found a Williams in Q3 either by George Russell sometimes you know Nick Latifi found his way into the points too I just think for Alfa Romeo they underperformed I think people would have wanted to see Alfa Romeo fighting more towards at least the top tier of those bottom teams between Williams and Haas or even on the edge of the midfield. And of course, there were some other disappointments. I mean, the last race for Alfa Romeo was a huge downer as well, where, you know, Gio actually had a good qualifying effort, started 14th 
ends up DNFing. Same for Kimmy in his last race. We just wanted poor Kimmy to get driver of the day. We wanted to hear him have to make that radio message. And unfortunately, Kimmy started 18th, ends up DNFing. So Alfa Romeo, I think, is starting to go through a little bit of, I don't want to say an identity crisis, um, but they're definitely going through some major changes. I think they're trying to move away from their connection with Ferrari a little bit. And that could be seen by where they're going with 2022. Um, but 2021, I think just a downer year for Alfa Romeo. The performances, unfortunately for Antonio Giovinazzi, I think we love Antonio. I think Antonio is not a bad driver, but I just don't think he's ever had the consistency in that Alfa Romeo ride to justify either going to another team, being moved up, or staying with the team. I think, realistically, the way Alfa Romeo is positioned, you can't just meddle around there for three years and expect to stay there. You need to show some kind of worth. So, unfortunately for Antonio, he will not be having a ride next year. He's going to Formula E. Kimmy, poor Kimmy. I, I think Kimmy's time in Alpha wasn't horrible. I think Kimmy, you know, like Kimmy has said himself, racing's a hobby. I think, you know, Kimmy wouldn't have probably wanted to retire in a team like Alpha. But, I mean, for Kimmy and Alpha, I think it wasn't a bad partnership. Of course, we know they have had their issues, judging by Kimmy's radio issues. They've also had a lot of reliability issues, I feel like, or... Just a lot of minor issues that you could tell have frustrated Kimmy to some extent as well. But, you know, kudos to Kimmy uh, in his retirement. I'm sure he's going to be enjoying that. Definitely going to miss Kimmy on the field. And, uh, you know, I think the F1 community themselves are going to miss Antonio Giovinazzi as well a little bit too. I think, uh, you know, Antonio was a very much a fan favorite. Um one of the few, the only Italian driver on the grid, which, you know, Italy does have this kind of racing history with, you know, spectacular tracks. And I, I think it was cool to have an Italian on the grid, especially when we went to places like Imola and Monza. But unfortunately for Tonio, the performances weren't there. And that brings us really into 2022 with Alfa Romeo. I think as unspectacular as their season was for 2021, I think it's going to be interesting to see where Alfa Romeo goes for 2022. And like I mentioned before, Alfa Romeo was seen as one of the Ferrari development teams, which of course, Haas being the other one. Going into 2022, it seems like that partnership is starting to fade away little by little, I think they've officially said that they're not exactly part of the Ferrari development program or not as connected to the Ferrari development program as they might have been in the past. And that's obviously evident by the fact of who they have now on their roster. I mean, they have Valtteri Bottas coming from Mercedes. I think Valtteri is a great addition to Alfa Romeo. And I think with the hire, of course, of their other driver who is actually an Alpine 
development driver, Guayan Zhou. I think uh, that is a great combination because I really think that Valtteri is going to bring a nice veteran presence to that team. And I think he can serve as a good role model, a good leader for a rookie like Guayan Zhou. I think Valtteri is the right person to have in that seat and pair with a rookie. I think Valtteri can help that team develop into more of a midfield team as well. Listen, Valtteri gets a lot of flack for maybe not always performing where he needed to for Mercedes. But we know that Valtteri is not a bad driver. Valtteri was not a bad driver for Mercedes. Valtteri was a spectacular qualifier. Valtteri was a great teammate. And I think Valtteri is very knowledgeable with the car and can significantly help the development of Alfa Romeo into where they're looking at going for 2022. So I think Valtteri is a great addition to that team. I think he's going to help try to bring that team back to where they could be. I'm not saying they're going to be back to their like you know BMW Sauber days, but I think we can see them definitely perform a lot better than they have in years past. And with new re- new regulations too, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see um, Alfa Romeo. I almost said BMW Sauber again. I wouldn't be surprised to see. Sauber, uh, wow, I said Sauber. I wouldn't be surprised to see Alfa Romeo perform a lot better next year in 2022. And again, I think many of us hope, well, first of all, I think we hope with the new regulations that the field is going to be much tighter. But I also think between new regulations, the addition of Altery, and it seems like Alfa is trying to change their model, I think that they are going to have a better 2022 than they did in 2021. And I think, uh, actually, there was some mention, of course, with financial issues. I think Frederick Vester said they were operating, like, you know, pretty close to the limit of where they could spend money, basically, without going broke. So, obviously, financial issues are a significant problem, which they always are in Formula One. And that brings us to the rookie they hired, Guayanjo. Guan Zhou is not a bad driver. And I understand people's frustration at the hire. Even me, I'm a little put off by the hire itself. There were a lot of quality drivers. There are a lot of quality drivers that unfortunately just don't have an F1 job. Uh, I can think of a few right off the bat. Uh, Oscar Piastri, guy dominated in F2 definitely deserves an F1 seat. When will he get one? It's hard to predict. I mean, there's probably a good chance that there'll be a seat open next year. Just a matter of whose seat and what team. But um, obviously, Oscar Piastri deserved a Formula 1 seat so bad. Teo Porcher, another great driver that is out of a Formula 1 opportunity for 2022. Uh, Callum Eilert, also another great driver that is unfortunately not with an F1 job in 2022 as well. 
And when we get to Guangzhou, a lot of people consider him, obviously, Guangzhou does bring a lot of sponsorship money to Alfa Romeo, which we can't ignore. Is he a pay driver? You could say yes, but there have been drivers throughout Formula One's history that have gotten their jobs because they could bring sponsorship. And not all of them are bad drivers. I mean, we can think of a few drivers off the bat with certain sponsors that have either helped elevate a team or have helped at least jumpstart their career. I mean, probably one example that I can think of right now, um, Sergio Perez, you know, close ties to Carlos Slim. Sergio Perez does bring that Telmex money into the sport, into the teams he's with. But I don't think you could say, yes, Sergio is a pay driver, but doesn't mean Sergio is a bad driver. And that's what we got to learn to distinguish. I mean, it's the same like Lance Stroll gets a lot of hate for obvious reasons. Lance Stroll, you know, the whole daddy's cash thing. Lance Stroll is a pay driver as well. I don't think he's a bad driver. He's gotten podiums. He's qualified well. He's had good races. This year with Aston Martin was a struggle, but we got to learn to separate sometimes the pay driver attitude that these guys are yes obviously for the average fan it does suck because you want to have that belief that you know you can work your way from the bottom up and make a team without all this infusion of cash but in formula one it's a sad reality that like lewis hamilton had said in the past cash is king in the sport so guayan joe is not a bad driver i mean if you look at his f2 record i mean he finished third in the championship last year, this past season, I believe he's had four wins. So it's not like he's a bad driver. He's not unproven. It's just unfortunate that there are other drivers missing the opportunity. And that's really the sad part there. But it'll be interesting to see what he does. I don't think he's a bad racer. I mean, if you watch his races, it's not like he's this guy that's a throwaway driver. I, I, I really don't think he's going to be terrible i mean he will be a rookie but i don't think he's undeserving of a seat but there are people that probably do deserve a seat better but it'll be interesting to see what he could do and i think that with the help of Valtteri Bottas, with the team kind of shifting their philosophy a little bit and coupled with new regulations i think we could see alfa romeo take a little bit of a step up and i think that's really something we're all hoping we see this year with that team so, that being said, Alfa Romeo does have a lot to work on for next year. Uh, we actually were close. There were a lot of rumors, too, that this was a team that was almost... I don't know how close it actually was, but this was a team that was almost taken over by Andretti Racing, too. Which So, that kind of gives you an idea of where this team is at. Um, I'm so disappointed. I, I got to say, I was kind of looking forward i was following that news with great intent with the andretti racing alfa romeo deal because i really think that would have been clutch that would have been the dream american team i think i think andretti racing could have elevated the team a little bit i I mean they might have struggled but i think it would have been cool to see a maybe a more dedicated american team on the field again i don't want to shit on haas but i think it would have been 
cool to see a team that I think was more invested than Haas has. That was an American manufacturer, constructor. But, yeah, Alfa Man next year, I think they're a wild card. I hope to see great things. Are they going to be fighting for podiums? I don't think so. Will they maybe turn some heads? I think so. I think with the addition, like I said, with the addition of Valtteri, I think Valtteri is the right person for that team. They're at the right time with the right person. I think Valtteri can help develop that team. And again, with 2022, it really is, I think we're all, we all don't know what to predict with the new regulations. It's very hard to say, oh, this team is going to do that. This team is going to do that. I do still think that the good teams will be the good teams. I think there'll be a little more um, condensation. What would you say? A little more of a condensing of the midfield. And that's where I really think we're going to see the competitiveness and the effectiveness of the 2022 regulations come into play. So, yeah, Alfa Romeo, really, if we're going to judge their season this year, I would just basically judge it as uneventful. Uneventful, not really spectacular. Uh, Both drivers leaving. Kimi obviously retiring. I don't think we'll probably see Kimi around the F1 paddock for a while. I think Kimi wants to, you know, enjoy his life on the beach and outside of uh, the craziness that can sometimes be the Formula One paddock. For Antonio Giovinazzi, he's going to Dragon Racing in Formula E. I'm going to take a look at some of his races during the season, see how he does. It'd be pretty cool. I got to say, for Antonio, he's also going to be a Ferrari reserve driver next year along with Mick. Do I think Antonio is going to get a chance to drive that Ferrari? Let's hope not because that would mean, obviously, you know, Carlos Sainz or Charles Leclerc were sick or hurt. But let's hope that doesn't happen. Um, But we'll probably see him maybe have a chance and, well, we'll see him maybe in testing. Won't really see him in an FP1 or an FP2 session, obviously. But I think it will be cool to see Antonio still in the paddock. Maybe he'll take on like an Alex Albon role. Uh, And maybe like Alex Albon, he'll be able to find his way back. But for all intents and purposes, Antonio's Formula One career, it's so, so, so unlikely to get into that Alex Albon-like situation. We've seen it with Hulkenberg. Um, Once you're out, it's really, really difficult to get back in. And, you know, maybe something else will lie in his future. But for now, want to see how Antonio does in Formula E. Maybe he finds success there. And that'll be really cool. And, of course, for Kimi, again, congratulations with the retirement. Uh, In terms of next year with their new drivers, like I said again, Guayanzhou, Valtteri Bottas, interesting pairing. I think, again, though, it will be cool to see how Valtteri adjusts to that team. And we can see, again, you know, like like Valtteri when he was with Williams, where his competitiveness is actually at without having to, you know, where he gets to be the leader. Um, and then for Guayan Joe, we'll just see how he his rookie season is. Will he have one of the better rookie seasons of late, you know, comparing to Sonuda, Russell, Norris, etc.? Or will he just kind of meddle towards the back and, you know, kind of like last year's Mick and Nikita? So it'll be definitely interesting to see where it all shakes out for the Alfa Romeo Orlin Formula One team. Um, but yeah. This week in Formula One news, there was nothing really crazy. Again, like I said, just really the new regulations coming into play. 
uh, you know, we're starting to, you know, hear some news about teams that are engaging in development. We're starting to get some more development news. Ferrari was releasing reports on their uh, horsepower that they've gained back. So that's something to keep following as well. Of course, being that it's 2022, like I said at the beginning, our new driver pairings are official with Valtteri at Alpha and Albon at Williams and Russell at Mercedes and of course Guan Joe joining out for a Mayo as well. So it's been more of a quiet week, I think. Uh which is pretty good considering the first two weeks of the off season were full of craziness abound from the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. So I think it's good that we've taken a little bit of a relaxation to enjoy the holiday season and the new year. But thanks again guys for listening and girls for listening. Guys and girls for listening. I'll get back to you guys next week. Actually, I might actually return this week on Wednesday with a review of Williams, and then we'll start getting into our higher tier teams to really judge on what those seasons were like. So yet again, thank you for listening. Enjoy. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you follow me on Twitter at f one You can go to my website, read my blog post. I posted some things about um, my most recent post was about Zach Brown and the influence he has had on the McLaren team trying to do a little series on Americans in the Formula One paddock as well. So thanks again for listening. Enjoy your week and enjoy the show today. And just we're almost we're getting to some livery releases soon, maybe next month. So just stay in there and the Formula One season is going to be here before you know it. Thank you guys and enjoy your week.